Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. So the moment you've all been waiting for, today's episode is with Joanna Penn. For those of you who've been living under a rock and haven't ever heard of Joanna, she is an author and podcaster who's been around for decades, writing non-fiction for authors under Joanna Penn and thrillers under her JF Penn brand. She's also the host and creator of the Creative Pen podcast and the Books and Travel podcast also. She is an absolute idol and mentor of mine from afar. I credit her for a lot of things, so I've been super excited. She's come on the podcast to chat to us about your author business plan. Joanna shares how important business plans are for authors, what you should include in one when you're first starting out, the difference between author dreams and author goals included in a business plan, and tips for authors writing their first business plan and much, much more. So in my author adventure this week, it's not been a very perky one, <laughs> although I sound perky. Uh, I've turned it around, but I, if you listen to the podcast regularly, you'll know that I did a pitch through the Australian Society of Authors around about October time for a junior fiction series that I was writing and it got Claire Hume from the University of Queensland Press said she would love to see it and uh, I sent it over and that was about three months ago and that is about the time that they had to review it and get back to me so I was starting to get a bit antsy that I hadn't heard from her and uh, I know other people that had done the pitches and they had found out straight away and you know I thought oh no news is good news and, and whatnot but I sent an email email I just couldn't I just couldn't wait any longer I suppose I sent an email just before the three months was up no response sent another one probably a week later no response and so I was getting even more antsier when the time sort of came up and I'm talking like a couple of days out and uh, I just thought you know gosh I'm probably coming across a bit pushy but decided I had nothing to lose and emailed her again and let her just made her aware that I had emailed her a couple of times being the busy season and whatnot and just to if she could put me out my misery and let me know and she got back to me pretty much straight away and said that you know apologies busy time and that it was a fun concept but they had a few junior fiction series on the horizon so it wasn't for their list at this time. So it wasn't a bad rejection, but for me, it's just definitely just a not right now. That doesn't mean <laughs> it wasn't, it didn't provide me with quite a, a negative feeling. And not so much about the work, like I believe in the story and I believe in the work. It's good and it's funny and it, I've got to just find the right person for it. So that's where I'm at right now. But I thought I would just share, as soon as that happened, I wrote down how I did feel because I'm, I would imagine every, anybody listening who gets rejected regularly, who is trying to traditionally publish as well as, you know, if, they, if you put your own work out, it is part and parcel, you know, even in the writing world to be rejected if you're going down traditional routes. 
So I had just wrote down that felt heavy on my body, it weighed on me, it flickered thoughts and feelings like, what's the point in this? Am I ever going to be traditionally published? Will anyone ever want my work? It's hard, it's tough. There was feelings like I was embarrassed, unworthy, I felt sad, I felt down. Only for not very long, <laughs> and I'm talking a, not long at all, probably, you know, like 10 minutes. <laughs> And then I just thought, well, you know, I either want it or I don't. I know I'm not going to stop putting myself and my work out there because this is a goal of mine. I would like to be traditionally represented for my children's fiction. I then started to become determined, the thick skin around me growing a little bit thicker, keep going, brave, soldier on. Because where I'm at at the moment with this is I feel like there's a brick wall and I've scrambled to the top of it and I'm actually hanging on by the fingertips with my little nose poking over the top and I just need someone to help me over that last hurdle and that's where I'm at. It, it's gonna happen, it's just a case of when. So I started submitting it to other places that I hadn't because, well, I haven't actually put it out there at all just to done this pitch and this is the first publishing house. So fingers crossed for me, it's back out there. And I feel when you're submitting to places, you've got that hope and that excitement and that chance of what if, you know, when it comes back a rejection, that's all gone. But then if you keep putting yourself out there more, that feeling came back again that, oh, there's a chance again, you know, because I've put it out there. So where I'm at with the children's fiction is in very much in the submitting stage. And yeah, fingers crossed for me. I'll, I'll keep you posted and let you know how we go. So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. Or you can leave me a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on to help other writers like you discover the podcast. Let's all support each other. Joanna Penn writes nonfiction for authors and is an award-nominated New York Times and USA Today best-selling thriller author as J.F. Penn. She's a creative entrepreneur and award-winning podcaster of the Creative Penn Podcast for over a decade now. We're all massive fans, Joanna. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Joe. And it's it's good to talk to you. Yeah, oh, you're so welcome. And honestly, I could talk to you about so many topics today. But as you know, 2022 is drawing to a close, and we're starting to think about next year and you know what we want to achieve in our author businesses. Today's topic is your author business plan. So can you tell us how important do you believe you know business plans are to authors and you know their author business? And what's the purpose of a business plan? And and, you know, how can an author business thrive? A bit of a loaded question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and a, a massive one. But yeah. um, I, well, I think the, the very first thing to consider is, do you want an author business? Because I feel like a lot of people think, oh, I should have a, a business plan without actually thinking, do they want a business? So many people write books 
because they have something burning on their heart and they never consider that it would be a business. Now, so a lot of people who might come to a business plan, maybe they've already got some books uh, and maybe they're thinking about that or maybe it's a new brand. So I I write as JF Penn, my fiction and Joanna Penn and nonfiction. And they're actually kind of two businesses and two different plans. So maybe you're starting another genre or something like that. I feel like the business plan is not necessary, but if you do want a business and when we're talking about a business, it means you're making money and you're maybe hiring other people, freelancers, that kind of thing. And it doesn't, but you're not taking this through a a bank manager or something. Yeah. This is something for you to kind of control, to think about what you want to create. And I love business. I mean, business is creative and that's what you need to keep in mind because business creates jobs. It creates all these wonderful things we have, like just right now, you and I sitting in front of computers and technology, using technology, all of this is created by businesses. So we love business and we want to make money. And if you feel like that, you're that kind of author, then you can think about, okay, well, how do I make my writing into a business? But it's definitely the very first thing. It's a mindset shift. But then I guess in terms of you don't need to make it a massive document. You're not writing a book. You can just have this on a one page, uh, you know, an a one A4 page. And that's basically what I had for years. It's just like an A4 page with a more like a mind map idea on it. So it can be as simple as a mind map. It can be a document. Now I have, you know, longer documents. But yeah, so that, that I guess that kind of gives us a start. But the very first thing is, is a mindset shift. Do you want a business? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's it. Well, I, same as yourself, I think I've got uh, an A4 piece of paper stuck up on the wall with a couple of things written down on there, uh, which I've obviously taken from your author business plan book. But really, <laughs> I think it's the more that I'm progressing, the more that I need to probably sit down a bit and do a bit more with it. I've always thought with business plans, that you had to see, sometimes even see professionals to sit down and, and it had to be this big thing. So like you're saying, it doesn't have to be this big heavy document, but quite simple. Yeah. And I think the other thing is we are writers and we can turn an idea in our heads into a book in reality. And I think this is so, this is magic. I mean, we take stuff in our heads and we make books, like physical books <laughs> in the world. And so that's another reason we believe that we can turn words into reality. And if you believe that, then doing a business plan is like, look, this is what I want my future to be. And I believe I can turn this into reality. So you do have to kind of have that belief behind it. But then again, the plan is not a dream. It's like, yeah, of course, I want to have my Netflix movie from my best-selling <laughs> series and, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but that's not going to be on most people's plan. That might yeah. be on your dream. But so I think that's important. But yeah, in terms of showing it to other people, I mean, as an independent author in particular, you, maybe you you have other friends in, the, in your network and you might discuss that with other genre authors or other people who are your peers. And I think that it, one of the important things for being a creative professional in general is having a network and so maybe you won't give it to your bank manager but you you may well share it with with a friend <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, that's it so it's a business plan it's not really a dream it's maybe more a realistic bird's eye view of what you want the business to look like would you say is it more than like a list of goals for authors to tick off like is, what's the difference yeah. there 
yeah so maybe we'll we'll get into what we could split it into in a minute but in terms of let's go back to that Netflix idea yeah. so yes I would we would all love to have a movie deal with Netflix or Amazon Prime or Amazon Studios or you know whoever Hollywood and so that is that's a, a dream but there are things we can do to move towards that in terms of our business plan. So when you're looking at a business plan, you are thinking about a time frame. So you can put some stuff in there like 10 years time, I want to get my Netflix movie made or whatever. What the plan is, is how do I get there? So the step on your plan might be write book one in a series. <laughs> so and then you can break that down into how are you actually going to write book one in your series or another thing on your plan might be around the amount of time available to research how how or to start networking so for example I know a lot of people who get deals because they network with the right people so you might have on your plan a certain amount of time for production so writing and then a certain amount of time for networking say attending a a conference or something or that kind of thing in in order to or meet people in order to move towards that dream but with actual practical things that you're going to do and then it is also about sort of breaking it down in terms of what can i physically do so again if you're like i'm going to get a movie deal for this series well you're not going to write that whole series, launch it to the top of the charts and get a movie deal all in a year. That's just, I mean, that's a dream. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's just not, not going to happen. I mean, even so, someone like Lee Child with Jack Reacher, for example, it took 20 years to wow. get to movie. And that was obviously after the book was, the books were a massive hit. So I think what we have in our ideas, like when I was a first time author, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to publish this book. It's going to change the world. I'm going to make a million and I can retire and I was living in Brisbane at the time when that happened and it well that didn't happen basically <laughs> <laughs> that did not happen I wrote that book and uh, the only life it changed was mine yeah <laughs> in that I discovered writing but that's the thing it's it's really thinking about you know how to practically change your dreams I guess into reality Mm, no, that's that's well said there. Can you imagine what would happen though if if that did happen? So your first book, you know, took off, you made the million and all that sort of thing. It's kind of like, where do you go from there if you hit that dream oh, yeah. right away <laughs> with your first lot? It's kind of like, oh. <laughs> well, even even it doesn't have to be your first book. I mean, like Elizabeth Gilbert talks about this in Big Magic, which I highly recommend. Fantastic book. And she says what's annoying about her career is that people will meet her and they'll say, oh, you know, Eat, Pray, Love was so amazing. Uh, and then that's they see as her career. She's a woman in her 50s, I guess. She's like that. Why is that the only thing that people are interested in? So it's like the one hit wonder type of thing. Um, you know, that doesn't have to be the pinnacle of my life. I, I think you're right. I mean, Colleen Hoover, as we record this, Colleen Hoover has sold more books than the Bible this year. She sold more books than James Patterson. She's all over TikTok. Wow. And I read an article yeah, with her in the New York Times. And she was like, I don't like being this famous, basically. So yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, what are some of the aspects that which would make up the author business plan? What are these categories that they get split off into? Yeah, so I mean, the first the first thing is really thinking, I think, about you. 
who am I as an author? And then who are your comparison authors and who are your readers? So that's kind of if you a couple of sentences on or just bullet points or whatever you want or in your picture, you know, who am I as an author? So I'm either Joanna Penn and I write self-help nonfiction for authors and JF Penn writes thrillers, dark fantasy, you know, and then you can think about your comparison authors and who are your readers. So that's really important. Then you can think broadly about your production. So production would be the next header and that would be what are you what are you selling? <laughs> I mean, this is the big deal. What are you selling? Like, are you selling books? Are you selling services? Like you're a freelance uh, technical script writer. I think that's, that's what you are for, for your services. So, um, and I sell, for example, I have a, a Patreon. I, ha- I do professional speaking. Uh, I have courses. So that's the next thing. Like, what, what are you selling? Then how do you make those things? So it might be I write them myself or I'm co-writing or and then also things like your publishing strategy. Do you want a traditional publisher? Because that's a very different business to being an independent author and also your pricing. So that all kind of comes under production. The next one is marketing. So you know what you've got, you know who you want to have it, but you need to reach them. So marketing, you need to know how are you going to reach your readers? And I recommend like an ecosystem approach of say a website and your email list. And then uh, it might be a combination of content marketing, paid advertising, social media, that kind of thing. And then finally, a financial section. And, And this is really what separates a business plan from just a plan because business The idea is to make money. And if you don't make money, then it's not a business for for very long anyway. (laughs) But in the financial section, it's really thinking about, okay, so let's say you say, I want to make a million in 2023. Okay, fair enough. We'd, We'd like to do that. So how can you make a million? So let's say you haven't even written a book yet. It is very unlikely that next year, in one year, you can do that. But if you break it down, like at the moment, I have 35 books, around 35 books on loads of different platforms. I have lots of different products you know I actually to be fair I don't make a million a year just to be clear <laughs> I'm, I'm you're on your way <laughs> I am on my way but no I mean I'm I make a really good money and it's split into these different products these different people that I serve and then you need to think about how much your costs are as well so it's your income and then it's your outgoings and if you're a more mature business you're thinking about what to put away into things like superannuation and pension and investments and look after yourself as you would be looked after, hopefully by a, a company. So those are just some of the the headers. Yeah, it feels like a lot, <laughs> um, which and it, it feels like every every aspect of it. And I suppose people who are new that are starting out, they might not consider these things, which is why your book is so great, because then that can you know point them in the right direction. But I guess if they are starting out, they've decided, yes, they want to do this, make money from it and not to feel too overwhelmed. How much detail do you have to go into these headers? Like how, how, how detailed do you have to be on your plan? Is it just personal preference? Yeah, it's totally personal preference. And if you're just starting out, I think creating a plan when you're just starting out is a great idea. It's what I did. And like I said, it was a one page mind map that only had, it really had uh, the products I was going to sell. So it had like books, it had blog. It was basically, how can I make money? Yeah, <laughs> It was like yeah. my books and my some products and speaking and all the, a lot of the things I do now, I had on that plan or I call it a plan like it's just a one a one pager but then over time as things I didn't know for example I was going to write fiction when I started out so eventually that became something else and selling fiction is different to selling non-fiction so say if you're just starting out 
definitely do who am I as a writer and that might be like what you're writing so someone who's writing a cozy mystery is very different to I don't know you write children's right children's and YA yeah so that's you write I write children's and then children's is actually quite a big category so like what age group is it a picture book or is it a chapter book or whatever uh so that's you know definitely have that you have to think about that because how are you going to know what your book is going to be and then you have to think about your readers and your comparison titles you have to do that if you're going to traditionally publish as well and then the other thing is really just considering your production schedule because if you're just starting out you don't have a book (laughs) or maybe you have one book or two books but look if you want a business a business is not one book or two books it's more books yeah <laughs> or it. or it's or if it's non-fiction you know you've you've got non-fiction so have I mm. if it's non-fiction it's other products it's affiliate income it's speaking so there are ways to make money with each of these type of things but when you're starting out like you may even just have a few sentences but it's it's just to take you yeah. in a direction really yeah and also with that direction is it's it's not set in stone either is it like you said you didn't set out to do fiction and then obviously you did so when you did did you then address your author your author business plan to have that implemented into it or that just came under the books category but you've kind of taken that off into another business section as well so I suppose was there a a whole new business plan created on for that side yes yeah there are I have two two plans I mean the other thing is it's not like I'm religious about this no <laughs> I mean, no I'm pretty <laughs> you know I'm pretty I know I I think the point is to be mindful about these things and just writing it down can help you be mindful uh, I don't think I've adjusted my plan for a couple of years now because I'm pretty settled on what I do and I don't I'm also a discovery writer so some people plan to the nth degree and they'll be like right this year I'm writing books eight nine and this series and books one and two in that series and I'm going to do launches on this day this day this day that is amazing I don't do that I'm much more of a kind of the well the relaxed author is another one of (laughs) my books with Mark Leslie Lefebvre and it's kind of like look it it just so just think more about what direction do you want to go in and then it's really a case of how practically can I do that with Mm. everything else that I'm doing so it does it definitely does help me to write different plans because for example with my fiction I know I could be a more successful fiction writer if I just wrote fiction (laughs) (laughs) but I am just I'm just not that person you know I love helping people I love sharing what I learn I love the podcast you know I, I, I like helping people through non-fiction books too so yeah I feel like you can try you can put this plan together and you're like right I am only gonna do this and I'm gonna follow this person and do exactly like rapid release like people say oh I'm gonna do the rapid release model gonna put my ads on and it's gonna be a success well it might not be and you might hate that so adjust it because I don't want this to be just another business you know this is a business based on our creativity and our ourselves so it needs to fit with our lives it needs to fit with how we want to spend every day not just where we want to end up yeah no that's that's well said treat it like a a kind of directional guide of where you want to be but obviously allow for change because as in anything in life things do change they don't always go to plan so that's why I think they're starting out even if they've got a little bit of a guide that they've written down for themselves I guess they just have to in the beginning they have to gauge what they can achieve because it's all well and good saying oh you know I will like you say rapid release and then they find that's not actually for them they can't keep up with it due to time constraints or commitments or something like that the other question I wanted to ask as well and obviously you said about 
if you had a million dollar goal, which I think we all do, <laughs> it's not, <laughs> not going to happen, you know, in your first year. But again, someone either with one or two books or starting out or who's only just beginning to sell stuff. How can you sort of say, I would like to earn this in a year? You, you can say that, but then you know that you don't actually know because you've got nothing to kind of back it up is that when you would look at the end of the year and review your plan and be like well that actually wasn't realistic and now I can see why now I can see how to make it more realistic in the future does that make sense yeah and I think the reality is with the author business there are we see the me the media is the real problem with being an author because the media and like social media they pick up on the outliers so people think that it's we all get this as authors you know you meet people and they're like oh well oh so have I heard of your books are they made into a movie like that's literally one of the first few <laughs> things people say it's like well no and you haven't heard of 99.999% of authors either like it's not just me but yeah I mean the reality is with these bigger financial goals and having a sustainable business is intellectual property assets, which you make licensing income. And that's essentially writing books and then either, you know, working with publishers or publishing them yourselves and turning that into multiple streams of income. That is the business model for for writers. Uh, and it's write another book. I mean, look at someone like James Patterson, who, well, there's this thing called the Forbes richest author list. It's really yep. good to look at, actually, <laughs> really interesting, because you look at someone like James Patterson, he does a lot of co-writing. I love his masterclass, by the way, it's excellent. Um, um, but yeah, so James Patterson, he puts out, he is rapid release. He does co-writing yep. and people co-write with him. He co-writes in children's books as well as thrillers and all kinds of things. The dude is a machine, you know, <laughs> and I mean, he really is. And his, he is make he is, I believe, the richest author in the world. Even over JK Rowling. <laughs> I, I believe uh, she's in the top, like if you look at the top yeah, 10. So J.K. Rowling's <laughs> interesting because the Harry Potter books in print are licensed, but she kept the rights to her eBooks and the, her mm. digital rights basically and created Pottermore. And Pottermore as a licensing arm has theme parks and all this. So she actually is an author business. And James Patterson is too. Obviously he uses a traditional house, but he's essentially got his own imprint within, within the publisher. So J.K. Rowling is kind of part traditional, part independent uh, yeah. model. She's Fine. hybrid. So, <laughs> she is. She is a hybrid. <laughs> I better get her on. <laughs> you should get her on. She, I mean, she's she lives in Scotland, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah. In terms of so, if you look at the others, wh where I was coming from there is, if you look at the richest authors, they generally have a lot of books, and or they do a lot of licensing, and a lot of them started many years ago. So George R. R. Martin is a great example also on the top list because of Game of Thrones. But again, he only became famous in inverted commas in his like 60s. He'd been writing away for years. He was considered finished several times because he wrote books that didn't sell. So when we think about a business plan, we, yeah, we can have these longer term goals. But the reality is that the most successful businesses are long term businesses. So when you're doing your plan, think about, okay, so where, where do I want to be in 10 years? And how do I move towards that. So for example, um, I would like to win an award as 
for my fiction as J.F. Penn. So how can I do that? Well, I can never guarantee that. But what I can do is in keep writing, keep submitting to awards. So every year on my J.F. Penn plan is write something and submit it <laughs> to an award. If you don't do those two things, I will never, ever win an award, right? So it's just a very basic thing. But it's amazing how many people are like, oh, I could never win an award. And I'm like, well, are you actually writing new new stuff? And are you actually submitting to awards? Or for example, are you networking with the people? Are you in the organization that has the award? Uh, you know, can you volunteer? Can you network? Like there's loads of things you can do to move that towards a goal through doing these little steps along the way. Yeah, no, that's amazing. You obviously have shared so many tips as well for, for authors, but have you got some tips for it, like starting out writing their own business plans? Is there, you know, is there such a thing as a good or a bad plan or can you take on too much in your plan? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it, it should be a high level strategic thing. So like when I say, what is your writing process? Like in your plan, you don't need to say, oh, I opened Scrivener and I, you know, log in and I do this. No, I mean, you're, you're writing in terms of something like what goes in the bucket of how are you going to make your books? I would suggest it is a sort of, right, I'm committing to either hours or words. So I'm going to write, I don't know, a thousand words a week for example, might be something, someone with a full-time job, or it might be 2000 words a week, or it might be, I'm going to spend, you know, four hours a week or whatever it is. So it's sort of more looking at that kind of commitment and trying to think about how to break it down. So let's say you only had four hours a week and you, you, when you're doing this, you're like, okay, I can, I can manage four hours a week. Then you go down to how much money you want to make. And realistically, if you only work on something four hours a week, how much money are you expecting to make? I mean, really? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the nice thing is with intellectual property assets that once you make them, they can make you money in the future. But as writers, we have to make our assets first. So again, if you're uh, if you're new at this or if you're just doing your first plan, you know, you, you really do just keep it simple. And yep. it's how are you going to get that book done? But also, for example, under the marketing section, if you don't have a clue about marketing, under the marketing section, it should say spend an hour or two a week learning about marketing. Part of this is we spend a lot of time going to craft things, but we don't necessarily learn the business. Mm. And learn, you know, running a business and the author business is a different thing to the craft. There are incredible writers with the best books or poetry or whatever, and they are making no money because they're not interested in business, they don't want to learn business, or they just leave it up to somebody else, which can be dangerous. Uh, so realistically, if you want to make money at this as a writer, and you definitely can, and one of my goals was always to make money, which is why I did a business plan. And then, yeah, as you say, look at that at the end of the year. So for example, if you've made $400 at the end of your first year, and you have one book, well done, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. <laughs> Well done. I think my first year it was something like $17 or something. I mean, really. <laughs> at, least, at least you're not in the negative. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I probably was. I don't think I even counted that at the beginning. But it was, but what you have to think is it takes a while. So yeah, I mean, just focus on learning and writing and this type of thing will emerge. So I know it's tempting for some people to just 
go nuts and spend more time on the plan, but you should be spending more time on your books. (laughs) (laughs) I always just feel because I don't have any, you know, I've got formal writing education, but I don't really have formal business education. And I've always felt because of that, I feel like maybe something's missing. So that's why, you know, business plans and and all that talk is quite appealing to me because I just feel like, oh, you know, I don't know much about that or I should have that in place because then it feels like my business is missing something without having that in. But like you said, if I feel this way, then I should be educating myself formally through obviously people like yourself who've who've done it and you've got books there and other business avenues. Yeah, I mean, I wrote business for authors mm. uh, eight years and years ago. Mm. And what was so funny was it hardly sold anything at all. I think I, I must have been uh, eight years, maybe eight years ago, like 2012-ish, I think I wrote business for authors. Nobody wanted that book. And it's so funny because the world has really changed now. And a lot of indie authors understand that they are running a business. But How to Make a Living with Your Writing is probably the book that I'd recommend people mm. have a look at because that really is about how to make the money and business for authors does go into things like expenses and and stuff like that but I don't have a formal business education you know I have a degree in theology and another one in psychology I I don't have a formal writing qualification so none of that is necessary it's almost like there's language that separates people and and you think oh business that must be Mm. really hard or whatever but it's just another language it's just some more writing so yeah I hope that encourages people because this is not scary this is about you this is about creativity it's about what you want to create in the world and that I mean that should be exciting right yeah yeah that's it I just have always felt because of the business thing as well like I am you know there's some secret there (laughs) that I'm missing like I should (laughs) know unfortunately (laughs) there's no secret sorry (laughs) so I'm just failing without it (laughs) (laughs) well it's interesting well let's also just say I mean like you've got this podcast so I had my podcast used to be under the marketing section of my plan and I you know for the I started in 2009 went through to 2015 I was like Uh, this is costing me too much money and time, I should give up my podcast. And then someone said to me, why don't you monetize your podcast? So this was pretty early on in podcasting. And I was like, okay. And I started my Patreon. I then started to get advertising. I used affiliate revenue and essentially my podcast could be its entire separate plan, but it's now a revenue stream. So it's moved into a different bucket, although it's still marketing too. But this would be an example for you at the moment, I would see this, your podcast is is a marketing avenue, right? For your... Yeah, I have you to thank, to be honest, for, for starting it. So I found out about the Creative Pen podcast years ago at uh, the Perth Writers Festival and they had a they had a printout. It was just like a black and white printout that was being passed around and there was a bunch of writing podcasts on it and your yours was on it. And I started what? out listening to the Australian Writer Centre. Honestly, this was years ago. So I hadn't heard of you before, but I saw that and then started listening to your podcast and through your podcast is how I buy your book and that's how I found yourself so um and then you yourself and all your information has inspired I I always done opposite to you have done fiction children's and YA fiction and through just experiences of uh going out as a freelance writer and obviously trying to have an author career and dealing with you know physical and emotional stuff did some non-fiction books appear and I never planned on writing non-fiction at all so yeah that that was uh a bit of a shock but effectively hybrid author for me is I can't be in all these you know my wife mum part-time job can't be in all these places at once so it's kind of come together to keep everything in the one place but it is you know I I can see how 
effective your podcast is for marketing for sure it is Mm. it's so many different things as well as that though you know but I think podcasting is is very similar too in that people think oh I'll start a podcast and I'll get rich and famous and be on the top of the charts (laughs) and again no like you said it's not like that it's never been like that I mean even people say to me oh you're you you're fine because you started years ago and I'm like you realize nobody listened to podcasts until about 2015 (laughs) like literally I've had about three people listening for the for the first many many years and I love the fact that they mentioned me at the Perth Writers Festival yeah. you should get me an invite, yeah. invite it was so and many what... years ago as well years ago. <laughs> but what's so yeah. funny is I started this is why we're emphasizing the long term here this is the point is that writing career takes time to build a podcasting career takes time to build when I was actually living in Australia and self-publishing I was considered absolutely not the way to go self-publishing was a stigma and I was treated you know quite badly by some of the more traditional writers festivals and some of the you know people in the circuit because I was self-publishing which was just terrible and now look at the way things have changed yeah it, I know. it really has changed a lot so that's another thing I would say to people your business plan is yes it, it can have that dream in too but <laughs> the plan is like how am I going to get there and yeah. also, you know, that's why some people do this 10-year plan and then sort of have at the top my 10-year goal and then what's my five-year goal and then what's next year going to look like? How What do I need to do to get to that? So, yeah, I hope that encourages people. But definitely long-term thinking is one of the most important things in business. Mm, no, that's absolutely incredible. Thank you so much, Joanna. And can you tell us, you know, have you got any future business plans in the future besides all the ones you have in place at the moment for anything new, all this futurist stuff? <laughs> Uh, well, I think my interest in things like um, AI and, you know, Web3 and all, all of that kind of stuff are just things that facilitate the other things. So, you know, when Spotify arrived, I got my podcast on Spotify. When AI Voice arrived, I got some audiobooks done with AI Voice and NFTs are just another format. And so this is what we have to think about is all the things that change they still just fit in the plan. So for example, if you want to get into TikTok, then that goes into your marketing area. Everything is, everything just fits in. So I think for me, it's always about primarily who I am as uh, Joanna Penn and also JF Penn. And then I, every year I try and do something for both of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I just keep, Writing books, I mean, at heart, when it comes down to it, when people ask now, I say, I am an author and a podcaster. That's my answer. Uh, so I do say author and podcaster because podcasting mm. is is such a huge part of my creativity and what I do. It's part of my body of work. And so, yeah, that's what I say. And that is in my plan. But I don't <laughs> I don't have any, uh, like I'm not going to suddenly one. become yeah. a <laughs> film director or <laughs> something like that. But yeah, yeah so it's basically, it, it can stay the same framework. You just expand what you have over time. Well, that's incredible. Well, thank you so much, Joanna, for all of your expertise. Uh, we're very clued up on your author business plan now. But please tell us, where can everyone discover that book, all the rest of your books online, offline? Yeah, I mean, the author business plan, as well as I think some of your other books. What's fabulous about it is that you offer templates and so much material comes with it that you can look through work through I personally I'm an audiobook person so that's that's what I had but I've, I've looked up all the the questions to 
go with it and it's just you get so oh, much good. so such value <laughs> oh good well yes if, even if you get the audiobook version of course you get a link to a, a, a page where you can download all the questions and the templates so yeah your author business plan one of my joanna pen books if you go to thecreativepen.com pen with a double n all my books are linked there i have my own store so people can buy direct in different formats and jf pen is on everywhere all the usual places and uh, i have two podcasts the creative pen podcast for authors and books and travel where i do actually have an episode on australia so (laughs) (laughs) what what my feelings about australia which are mixed (laughs) so that's interesting yeah yeah have a look at that one (laughs) but thanks so much for having me joe that was great oh yeah absolutely welcome thanks joanna So there you have it folks, Joanna Penn, sharing her inspiration and information on your author business plan. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, as we head into December, the festive season, I have Katie Montanaro, author of The Girl in the Sunflower Dress and A Holly Jolly Christmas, coming on to share with us how to write a Christmas-themed rom-com. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.